The second patient with a node-positive tumor is a 58-year-old woman with an ER-positive HER2-positive tumor, and like most patients in this situation, in addition to receiving chemotherapy and endocrine treatment, she also received adjuvant trastuzumab. This woman began our conversation by commenting on her thoughts at first diagnosis. I was pretty devastated. I'd seen the report from the biopsy. And being a transcriptionist, I knew what I was looking at, and I was qualified for Herceptin. And I would be getting it after the initial chemotherapy, then I'd be getting the Herceptin once a week for a year. What were you expecting when you started the chemotherapy? I was expecting to lose my hair. I was expecting that it might make me sick. I was expecting that I'd have to work out how to keep my job and still go for my treatments. And I was also expecting, hopefully, to save my life. What actually happened? What was it like? From what I see in other people, I did very well. I did lose my hair, but in the scheme of things, that wasn't important to me. When did that start happening? I think it was the second chemotherapy treatment. You know the sink is full of hair, and it just comes out in clumps. What was that like? It was fascinating, in a way, because I was sort of expecting it. And when it happened, it was just such a weird experience. But it was over like one morning. It just all was gone. Did you use a wig? No, I did not. I decided to wear a hat. Hats. What was that like? Actually, I got a lot of comments on my hats at work. It was, oh, you got another new hat. Oh, you got another new hat. It was, part of it was fun, and part of it wasn't. So you continued to work? Yes. What was your energy like while you were getting the chemotherapy? My energy was good. And I only got sick after the first treatment. And then they managed to regulate the anti-nausea medicine so that I was able to continue working. So you got the AC for four treatments. I guess that was every three weeks. Yes. And then you got the second type of chemotherapy, the paclitaxel or taxol. Yes. And you also had Herceptin at the same time. What was that like? It was fine. It didn't affect me any way other than just having to show up and get it. So you just came in, got the infusion, didn't feel anything, went home, and you were fine? Yes. Sometimes people with the paclitaxel or taxol will get a neuropathy numbness in their fingers or toes. Did you get that? No. So you finished the taxol and Herceptin. Then after the taxol stopped, you continued with the Herceptin for a total of a year? Yes. What was that like when you were just on the Herceptin alone? It was a piece of cake compared to everything else. It was a very short infusion, and you just popped in every week and got it and left. So you got it every week for the rest of the year? Yes, for a year. And were you able to go back to work, what, the next day? or? Well, I usually tried to plan it Friday afternoon, so I'd leave work early and be off for the weekend. How did you feel at the end of the year? The end of the year is today. Is that right? Yes. Wow. <laughs> I feel good, and I feel a little sad. So today was your last Herceptin dose? Yes. <laughs> so you got Herceptin today? Yes, I did. You, you sure look well. Half an hour ago. <laughs> A half an hour ago, you got your last dose of Herceptin. Yes. What's on your mind right now? I'm glad it's done. Part of me will miss showing up there and seeing people that have become my friends. Part of it is I feel I've been protected while getting it, and now I'm on my own again and maybe more vulnerable to something popping up. It's a mixed feeling. How do you deal with concerns and fears? 
Some days are worse than others, but I try to remind myself that I've done all that's available to do. And should metastasis show up, I'll have to deal with it at that time. And the longer time goes, the more things are being invented and discovered, and there's more help going to be there the longer I go out. Now, you also are participating in another research study which randomly assigned you to receive either anastrozole or Remedex or Eximestane or Aromacin. Yes. So you'll be taking that for the next few years, I guess. I think it's a five-year. Five-year total. So you are continuing with treatment. That's true. Yes. What was it like to go in this past year for all these different treatments and sitting in the infusion room? I'm sure you saw or maybe even talked to a lot of patients. What was that like? Yes, I did. Part of it was very encouraging and very interesting. Part of it was scary because I see what may be down the road and ahead of me. But I would remind myself that I'm not seeing the people who have not metastasized and who don't have to show up for treatment. I'm only seeing that group that unfortunately have more to deal with. What's it been like, do you think, for your husband and children during this past year? My husband's a tough cookie to figure out. He's very devoted. He's very loyal. He definitely, you know, helped me out, but he doesn't express himself freely, which, you know, I think most men have a problem doing that. One very interesting thing happened, which knocked me over, was that we were discussing something or other, and I never think of him as having any kind of great worries or fears or anything like that. I think we talk about high blood pressure or something or other. And he said to me, right, I don't have anything to worry about with you having breast cancer. And it like knocked me out that, oh yeah, I guess so. I guess you are concerned and worried because I think personally he can manage by himself on his own very well, a lot better than I would be able to manage on my own. So it never occurred to me that something happening to me would really affect him that much. And I guess I can blame him for not letting me know that something like that would affect him so much. Hmm. So you learned something about your relationship, I guess. Yes. How about with your children? Well, my son's been off at college. He missed all of this, except for the few times he came home, I mean, winter break or whatever, and you know, he saw me without hair. And then last week he came home for the summer and he said, oh, your hair is back, you know, and that's all I get out of him. My daughter, I think, is, you know, I think she's scared and concerned, but, you know, we don't live together, so she doesn't see day-to-day things. How has this experience affected the way you see things, your perspective on things? Oh, don't sweat the small stuff? Boy, is that true. So much stuff has become so unimportant that used to be important, which is a good thing. I've definitely gotten to where people things and relationships are certainly much more important than picking out the new outfit and picking out the new, we moved a few months ago, you know, decorating the apartment. It's all gotten put in perspective. The bad side of that is that the things I used to get pleasure out of, going clothes shopping, seeing a certain TV show or whatever, have also lost their relevance. And they're not so important or pleasurable anymore. What is important? Hmm. I've tried to figure out 
how I can, at the end of my life, say I spent my time well. You know, the no regrets as opposed to is that all there is and I'm still working on that. I don't know what to do to say to myself at the end, whenever the end will be, that I did this well. It's okay now because I used it well. I'm still working on that. What are your thoughts about that? I don't know. I don't know if it's just like charity work, which is hard when you're working full time, but nothing's hard if you really want to do it. Maybe I've affected people and I'm more important to people than I know about. I don't know. I'm working on that. Any advice you might give to a woman just getting started down the path that you've already been? Only that you do what you got to do. You do get through it. Science and research are doing amazing things. And the longer you'll survive and be around, the more stuff that will come along to help you if you need it. I'm just telling people when you're diagnosed that you really have to hang in there. You will find days when you're going to be very bummed out and very depressed, but you got to reach down for the hope and know that there are so many tremendously talented people out there to help you. This concludes our program. Special thanks to our faculty, speakers, and to the breast cancer patients who agreed to be interviewed for this program, and thank you for listening. This is Dr. Neil Love for Breast Cancer Update.